All right. So you heard it. It's for some what to practice, some to learn, and some. Can I have three ladies? Can I have three ladies? Three ladies. Three ladies. Three ladies. Three. Three ladies. Okay, nominate one. Out. Sorry, Ebony, one. Uh, Adwa, another one. And then who else? Okay. Put your hands together for them. Mag- Magda. Magda, come. They say I should nominate you. Reverend Sam nominated. Okay, so. Yeah. Adwa, I need nominated. For the purpose of this. Little demonstration. We're going to take two seconds. We are going to change your name. This is Sister Erin. Remember the name. What's the name? Erostina. And this is Sister. Hey. Sister Philomena. Philomena, Erosina, Philomena, Agapelina. Agapelina. All right. So, Erosina is a very nice, beautiful sister. And then, Philomena is a very nice, Sister, and then Adapinina is also a very nice sister. All right. Now the character trait of Erostina is very extroverted. She's very on fire. She's every time she, she's in a sense to take action. She always wants to go first. She always wants to. Take the lead. She's, her blood is hot. Her blood is very hot. But the, the thing about at the moment, she's uninterested and she's bored. Are, are you understanding? So she's always the biggest one out there. Then, so, Philomena is the skeptical one that she doesn't take the lead. And she's suspicious to prepare. But when she gets into the group, she becomes very friendly, she becomes very, you know, jokey, she's the one who pull a prank on you, she's the one who, you know, tease you, she's the one who always has stories, she's the one who always entertain you for a very, very, very long time. So after Erostina has gotten tired and bored and doesn't want to know, Philomena will keep you motivated. Philomena will keep you going. 
Philomena is the one who will always be around when everything is said and done. Then we have Agapelina is the sister who is like God. Uh, she, she is the one who will forgive when you don't need for when you don't deserve to be forgiven. She's the one who will make excuses for you. She's the one who will be there in sickness and in health for better, for worse. She is the one who will be there. All right? So, when somebody says, I love you, which of these three sisters are they talking about? You see, until you get to know somebody for a long time, you cannot engage these two. Because if you are not a friend, I can't have a certain deep conversation with you. I cannot pull pranks with you. I cannot, you know, have some secrets, share some secrets with you. So I cannot know you in a certain way if we haven't been close. So these two are obviously out of the picture when we don't know. So when you see somebody you don't know and you, are, you say you love the person, you are talking about this one. Because this one is the first to act. Oh, I've lost the church already. This is the one that doesn't have to know anybody but immediately wants, ah, he has a very nice broad shoulder. Mm. He has a, a, he's tall, dark, and handsome. Mm. He's a, he's a, a the, 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 uh, Oh, uh, she has she has all the the caps in the right places. Uh, she, she, uh, it's like when, when, when I see her, you know, my heart makes skips, and, and I want to, you know, I, I want to. Uh, this is the one you are talking about, and this is the one who be the first to get tired. So the purpose of this conversation we are having this morning is to introduce these three and to show you why you need these two specially for a long time. To still kiss after 20 years. To still kiss after 30 years. To still kiss after 40 years. Okay, so with all that said, let us welcome Pastor Gloria to take over. Clap for the sisters. Please clap for them. Yeah. Sisters, it doesn't matter you what you were called. You have all three in place. Brothers, even though they didn't call you, you also have all three in place. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm looking forward to, you know, today. We don't have a lot of time, but we'll see what the Lord will talk to us about. And then... As usual, I know last week we had questions, but if you have any questions, please send them. I don't know, but for some reason, my people are the most afraid to ask questions. But the problem is that they are also the ones who it's have amazing. the most, the ones who have the the most, most questions. Problems, but they are the ones who have the most problems. But they don't ask the questions. 
we will solve it at home. Yes. How can how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Yeah. When the spouse is here, how can we say some things? Yeah. Because you know, Reverend Sam, a couple of years ago we had our love month and we we're having discussion with two questions. And after that, a husband wanted to leave the wife. He was almost certain that that question was from his wife. <laughs> what he didn't realize that that question wasn't from his wife, but was from somebody going through a very similar situation as his own. So can husbands and wives just make a vow that even if the question is from my spouse, I'm okay. Today is a day of deliverance, repentance, transformation, and conformity to the will of God. Amen. Yeah, and um, I think that Reverend and I stand here not because we have perfected the art of relationship, but it's because we are also walking through it, and uh, we keep learning, and we keep growing, and I think it's okay sometimes, you know, it's like you are in our bedroom, but we, we are never in your bedroom. It's not even fair. But we are all learning. Nothing that is shared from the pulpit is judgmental or accusing. Everything is for us to learn. It doesn't matter which side of the coin you fall in right now. This is not the church where we ostracize people. You are in the wrong place. You know, it doesn't matter how far, even if you've been married 200 times, God is still on his throne. And I came to realize that the people who have been married often, they still want to marry. Yeah. But there's something that if you come to understand, you will appreciate why somebody will be married, go through a very traumatic relationship, and still want to go into another one. And that is why I think it's good that not just in the month of February, but every now and then we'll have relationship masterclass, we'll have all these kind of conversations, because whether we like it or not, the quality of our life is dependent on the quality of our love. Whether we like it or not, whether we appreciate it. We're not talking about just romantic love, but just the love in your life, whether it's parental, spousal, friendship, whatever, determines the quality of your life. Because our whole life is based on relationships, whether it's work, whether it's school, whether it's home, whatever it is. So if your love life doesn't have a certain level of quality, your life does not have a level of quality. And that is why it's very important to learn about various aspects of it. That's why we will take, you know, your past, your present, your future, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're a parent, you know, whether you're divorced, because it affects the quality of life you have. Some of you, you got broken heart, you're still crying, which means a certain percentage of your life has been used for shedding tears, which has affected the quality. Because anytime you are crying over spilled milk, that life is being wasted. Oh, you don't get it? Yeah, you have to get it. I read this quote somewhere and I want to share it with you. It says that it is not that we waste seasons in our lives because we are doing nothing or because we are idle, but it is because predominantly we are wasting seasons in our lives because we put most of our effort in the wrong things and in the wrong places and in the wrong people. Amen. And I pray that as we have these discussions, we don't just enjoy them, we don't just love it, but we learn from it and that we are transformed by it, that we use it. Do you understand? Don't say that was a very good discussion. That was not the point. We are not here to discuss or entertain you. We are all here to learn. 
See, when I'm preparing for some of these things, God is also teaching me, and God is also helping me what I can improve on. Amen. Tell your neighbor you are not perfect yet. Tell your neighbor you are still learning. Yeah. I think that the worst state of any human being is to be indifferent or have no self-awareness of your stagnation. Do you understand? If you are stagnant in marriage or in anything and you are not aware of it, I think that's a very dangerous place. It's almost better to know that I'm stagnant or my marriage is stagnant and then be able to do something about it. Do you, do you get it? And I pray that for those of us who are married in this room, we'll take stock and monitor and see whether when we got married and now, whether the marriage is going up, is going down, or has been at the same level. Amen. And then know what to do about it. You know, because we gave the team that we still kiss, I thought I will use like two minutes to let us know that even in this world, do you know that we have kissing day? Yeah, July 6th of every year. The world, the world kissing day. Yes, and it was initiated in the UK. For all the perverted reasons. So as I was reading about the world kissing day, I realized that they said that it's one of the days that you should aim to kiss the person you have been meaning to kiss. And so you realize that if the church does not talk about certain things, we will learn it from how the world is using it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. A lot of us don't know that our children have watched kissing and have experienced kissing. And we have still not talked to them about kissing. And we think they don't know about it. I don't know how many of us who are not married have kissed before. Don't raise your hand. If you're online, just say mercy, please. Yeah. I think that's a rhetorical question. Okay. You know that in the Bible, there were kisses that should not be emulated. You understand? Yeah. Joel kept, uh, Joab kissed Amasa just before he killed him. When he was kissing Amasa, he didn't realize that there was a knife that was about to. Yeah, do, do you get what I'm saying? Judas kissed Jesus, but before that, he had told the people that the one that I kissed is the person that you need to take away. Uppercase Ruth to say, I'm out of here. Do, 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 do you get what I'm saying? But then you realize that all through Paul's writing, he says that, you know, the people of God, the house of God, you know, greet them with a holy kiss. Do, do you get it? So there's a certain level of kissing that is, you know, friendship level. You know, there's also a reconciliation case. When Jacob was coming and Esau approached him, you know, the case to say, okay, I'm not going to kill you, at least not for now. <laughs> you know, and then you realize that in the Old Testament, yeah, family, you know, Abraham will kiss his children. There was kissing between siblings, friendship, you know, because if you don't know how to give your child a hug and give them a kiss, do you understand? You are not, because there's something about it that makes them feel close. Do, do you understand? You see, kissing has been so perverted that when you think of kiss, you're, for example, even when you Google kissing, they'll tell you that 29 different types of kissing, where the tongue must go, where the lip must go. Listen, 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 please. Don't do all to me because if you like, I would ask the Lord to expose your last set of kisses on the screen. I think mercy is a good one. Songs of Solomon 1 verse 2, the Bible says, 
Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Now we are talking about the case of passion. The case that must be in the marriage home. The case that must be in your bedroom if you are married. And must not be in your bedroom if you are not married. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. But I like the message Bible. It says, kiss me full on the mouth. Yes. For your love is better than wine. Gee. I wasn't talking about friendship case. I wasn't talking about reconciliation case. I wasn't talking about family case. I said, kiss me on the mouth. Me Sharon, on the mouth. I think you should calm down. <laughs> calm down, Sharon. Kissing is an integral part of intimacy for lovers. Yeah. The absence of kissing will let a marriage gradually dry up in a certain area. Listen, listen, listen. Before you continue. Some of us, where we came from, we came from in between a lot of trees. In other words, we are bush people. So we don't know, or we're not trained that way. You know, but there is something called learning. You must learn. Don't say that, me, I never saw my father kiss. I never saw my grandfather kiss. I never saw my great-grand, you know, all of them didn't kiss, so why should I? No, don't do that. Building and maintaining intimacy without kissing is a major issue. So all of us, if it's not something that you were brought up, you see, even those who you say that maybe were not brought up, didn't see, Reverend, they have kissed. It's just that as they got married and familiarity set in, it doesn't become relevant. If they want to have sex, they just go straight to the point and then. In On fact, your max, just said. They, they almost use, they almost use uh, sex like the whistle. Do you understand? But I think that we need to disabuse that. Sex must, uh, kissing must not always mean that there's going to be sex. Kissing must be part of your love. It's one of the ways you say I love you. One of the ways you say I miss you. One of the ways you hug someone. It, your spouse must not feel that if I'm kissing you, it means hey. It's called quick drama grab. <laughs> because you see, I, I am uh, Dr. Akutu here. Apparently, kissing brings out certain kinds of uh, what is it? Oxy, what's it called? Reverence oxytocin. Oxytocin. Yeah. It's, yeah. Which, which brings arousal. That is why when you are not married, don't be doing this kissing thing. I, I told the people on Thursday, if you are not ready to bake anything in the oven, don't turn the oven on. Because if you heat the oven on, you've got to put something in it. Hey. Mm. Is this church? <laughs> One of the uses of cases is that the journey of marriage is never ending. Till death do us part. Do you understand? So you always, have you realized that you are going on a long journey? It doesn't matter whether you fill your tank. Every now and then you have to top it up. Every night, even the Tesla. Isn't it? At some time, yeah. And sometimes long, sometimes short, but it has to be. I believe that, especially for the journey. You see, this message is not just for married people. For those of you who are single and have a sexual past life, this is a good message for you. Yeah. So that you can refresh, do you understand? You can put certain things to the recycle bin and then start afresh and not use that old process into your marriage. 
Do you get it? And then because of that, when you become saved and you get into a relationship, you begin to identify or qualify certain things as not godly. It is godly. It is godly. Actually, that is the right place for it. We always say this in this house, don't get married and retire. Do you understand? It's like a child who is put to work when they are six or seven. Obviously, by the time they are in their twenties, they have worked, you know, half of their life already. So they are almost ready to retire. That's why for a long time, children have to go to school. We are, they are shielded. They are innocent, so that their working life can start at a certain point. Do you understand? So when your sex life starts too early, marriage is affected by it. Very, very true. A lot of people's marriages are loveless, feelingless, uh, enjoymentless. In economics, you call something diminishing marginal returns. So, when you start early, your graph peaks early, and then you begin to drop. And a lot of times, most marriages, the sex dries up because you peak too early. And because you pick too early, you see, there, there are certain quarrels that come in marriages because of lack of sex. True. But don't say it. No, the, nobody will say that I am, this anger or this what, uh, quarrel is because of sex. But then it's because of it. And you will see that the marriage will crumble because of sex. Somebody would have gone on pension and somebody is still active. And so if they cannot find what they need here, they will find an egg elsewhere. And that brings extra marital affair. That brings a lot of problems. And then before you realize, people are divorced. I just want to say two things that Reverend can take from there. One of the main things I want to let married people know is that peace in your marriage be present. Be present. I think you need to take your time and explain that. What do you mean by be present? What do I mean by be present? What I mean is that be in the marriage and be attentive to the marriage and be a participant of the marriage. Don't be outside the marriage. Do you, do you understand? Have you ever been having a conversation with somebody and you know the person wasn't there? What you said, they didn't even hear what you said. They were not listening. Okay, so what she's trying to say, I'm interpreting, what she's trying to say is that the fact, you see, some people get married because it's time to get married. And they go through the motion of getting married. And then in the marriage, they are there. They play the role of the husband, play the role of the wife, play the role of the mother or the father. But really, they are not friends. There's no presence. There's no enjoyment. They are not enjoying. You see, life participating inside there. Life is not about the result. Life is a journey. And each part of the journey, you must be present to enjoy the journey. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If you don't enjoy your singlehood, you will not enjoy your marriage. A lot of single people are looking forward to marriage. Without realizing that where they are is a blessing that they need to enjoy. Because when you move to the next level, you see that I was there. Now I am here. And then you need to start enjoying this to go to the next level. You see, most, most people are always lasting after that. So 
I'm, I'm single. I wish I was married. Then you get married. Oh, this is a useless man. This is a useless woman. I wish I were divorced. Then you start longing for those who are not married. And you are never present in their marriage. So what she's trying to say is that enjoy the process. Enjoy the journey. Life is not about the destination. It's about the journey. Every day, make it count. Please continue. Put your hands together for reverence. The reason why we are saying that married couples should let affection be still part of their relationship is because you cannot have a certain kind of marriage if there is no passion and romance in it. A relationship, a marriage must be pleasurable. And pleasure and cannot be enforced. You cannot force somebody to be fond of you. You have to develop it. Do you, do you understand? You have to do the kind of things that will encourage the person or will attract the person. And the only way you can do that is to take time out to study your spouse and to know what triggers that level of affection and begin to put that in place. I was reading a book and the man was saying that when he got married, he realized that what really the wife really likes is expensive jewelry. Eesh. Bank, and, they also started, and they also started in poverty. <laughs> he was like, hey. Bankrupt. Then he realized that, no, there was still a way out. So he said that the first time he took her to a jewelry shop and they went round and then she chose a particular one and then the jeweler said, oh, you can pay it bit by bit and then when you finish, you can come for it. He said that when he put his first $50 on it, the wife was so excited. In fact, there was joy in the house for like weeks, even though he hadn't yet purchased it. He realized that his wife doesn't like flowers. She doesn't like chocolate. She likes jewelry. But he realized that that effort, as somebody has bought three or four flowers, he also take the 20 pounds, 10 pounds, go and put it on the one jewelry. And she realized that this mission that this man was going for, it was drawing something out of Every spouse, every husband, every wife, you must take, you must become like undercover, you know, uh, FBI or CIA and discover. Don't even, you see, sometimes it's so crude. So, you, what do you like? It's, it's even in the bedroom. <laughs> so, what do you like? Hey, you spoil everything, even by that question. You Bushman. Ah, no, 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 no. You can't. You see, you have to investigate that. Sometimes it's even in conversations. Do you understand? Or sometimes you're even watching something. And then she's like, oh, did you see how he just lifted? Oh, you like lifting. Okay, I'm going to exercise and muscle myself. <laughs> <laughs> and come and see what else. <laughs> you see, and the only thing that will make you do that, let's read the scripture and then Reverend will take over. Matthew 13. You must begin to realize that one of the most valuable things in your life is your spouse. Yeah. Not another girl. Not because as soon as you get married, listen, as for beautiful men, women and handsome men, they keep coming. Oh, sometimes even at your wedding, you look like say, hey. Ash, I should have waited. <laughs> oh, don't don't lift your hand up if you're married. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew 13, the Bible says in 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is a dealer in search of fine and precious pearls. Verse 46, who on finding a single pearl of great price went and sold all he had and bought it. 
What is it about your spouse that you find so precious? There has to be. If there's not, you're in trouble. Because when there's conflict, when there's frustration, what will keep you going and still value is that thing that you find so precious in your spouse. There has to be. And that is means that you have to take time to study your spouse so that you identify that jewel, that precious pearl that you have found. There are sisters who don't value their husbands. They don't value, when they see the man, he even irritates them. He's lazy, no job, this. Hey, if I had married, you know, Joe Pinini, by now, I would have been well off by the grace of God. And maybe they'll see their ex-boyfriend driving a beamer. It's like, oh my God. And then the husband is like, hurry up, the bus is coming, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> Cash. Oh, that's what I'm <laughs> All right. So, so from from what what she she's saying, that the the um, price she's talking about uh, when you discover that price, you do all to get it. One of the best places to gain your that information is at the honeymoon place. A lot of people, I mean, people from our demographic. They skip honeymoon. Too expensive. They'll rather spend so much money on the wedding day for people to come and eat food they don't for like. For people who don't like them to come and eat the food and then criticize the food and criticize their dressing and go away. I always counsel and always advise that spend very little on wedding day. Like I always say to you, we didn't get a white wedding. We married in a night. <laughs> yeah, we might, and it was deliberate. We married in the, in the evening, in the night, so that people won't come. Because we didn't want people to come to our wedding. And I wore my own old green suit. I had two suits. One blue, one green. I wore the green one. And we bought a dress for her. 99 pounds from Debenhams. The dress was 99 pounds. My dress was zero pounds. And, oh, uh, uh, and, and you see, it was in the night. So a lot of people didn't come. It was Saturday night. Sunday, they are coming to church in the morning. So they didn't come. And my then the ring to mine was your ring was we, we stuck to that figure 99 the ring too was from Argos 99 mine was 18 pounds my ring was 18 also pounds. from Argos from Argos mine was 18 pounds this was 26 years ago this was 26 years ago there were people who got married before us and after us who had about 15 uh, what do you call it? Bridal. Uh, what do you call them? Groomsmen and groomswomen or whatever they call it. And all those type of things. Yeah. But they divorced within 18 months. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So their the wedding day doesn't really make any difference. What makes a difference is the honeymoon. Because you remember it. I remember somebody got us uh, um, Dorchester Hotel. 
They gave us uh, a free. Somebody paid for us to go for a honeymoon in Dorchester Hotel. You know, when you step on the carpet, it's like you are walking on the bed. You sink. And I took this bush girl there. She, <laughs> she was, I had to grab her because she thought she was falling down. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> somebody, don't worry. So, all, all I'm trying to say is that those things are things you remember. Are you with me? Those are the precious moments, like the diamond she's talking about. That it becomes like signposts. In the places where the marriage, you know, struggling or you guys are off and everything, you remember some of these things and you laugh. Am I making sense? All right, Genesis 2 15 to 18. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of Every tree in the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat, you shall surely die. And the Lord said, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Okay, if you have this book, and if you are in this church, please, this book is compulsory. You must get it before you jump. Even if you are married, please get it. I wrote this book for you. How many don't have it? Give me a wave. Oh, give me a wave. There's nothing wrong with it. Okay, so please stand so that they can see you. So after church, please see here. Okay, see here. It's very, it's essential. You must get this book. All right, so I'm talking from uh, chapter 13. How to keep your marriage alive. How to keep your marriage alive. You know, the, the scripture says that he put the man in a garden. And a garden is a place that grows natural weeds. Isn't that true? Every garden, no matter how beautiful it is, over time, weeds grow. Thistles and all those things grow into it. In the same way, in a marriage, over time, without any fault of anybody, weeds grow. Misunderstanding come. Are you with me? He put the man in the garden and he said, tend. The word is what? Tend. And keep it. To tend means work. To tend means constantly pluck out weeds. To tend means water it. To tend means have your hands messy trying to make the garden remain fresh. Am I making sense? In the same way, if a marriage is going to last, like she was saying, no marriage will last if you are passive. If you are in a garden without, you know, tending to the garden, it's only a matter of time. Your garden will not lose its beauty. A lot of marriages have lost their beauty because people fail to tend. Am I making sense? People fail to tend. What do I mean by tending? To tend means take your time and work study her take your time and converse with her take your time and befriend her am i making sense those two girls not the eros but the philomena which is filial love and 
Pelina, which is agape love, must be worked upon. You cannot turn somebody when you are bitter with the person. When they offend you, even if they don't say sorry, make excuses for them and let that thing leave your heart. Am I making sense? A lot of people are not enjoying their marriage because of bitterness. Because he embarrassed you in the shop five years ago. Because you, 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 uh, uh, he said something to somebody and you heard it. And you can't forgive that thing. Even when, he's, when you are having sex and you remember that thing, you become... How many understand what I'm trying to say? You see, you must learn to let go. If marriage is going to be sweet for a long time, you have to let go of things and issues. Rid yourself of bitterness. Am I making sense? Make sure you, 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 you rid yourself of bitterness. And then remember what caught your eye. What was it that caught your eye? On that particular girl, out of the billions of billions of men and women in the world, why did you choose this person? What was it that attracted you? Always remember that. Am I making sense? Because sometimes, over time, you forget what attracted you to the person. I think also because people change, especially if you chose out of the flesh. The body that has attracted you has changed after three children. The decades of life will make the face more wrinkled, will make the man bald, either bald or, you know, dimensions will change. A bald ego. You know, the six, the six pack has become one pack. You know, the straight breast has become flat. All for that. So, so you have to, if you are basing it on that, you are likely not to be aroused by them if that was the only reason or that was your main reason for attraction. Do you understand? Because attraction is by sight. You can't spiritualize erotic attraction. You cannot spiritualize it. Do you get it? And that is why there must be an innate value and preciousness of the person for you to consistently find you know, when uh, in, in certain cultures, you find men who say that you can't always eat the same kind of soup. You have to taste different kinds of soup. It's shape, you know. No, I, I'm anyway, that. I'm okay. So, a, another thing is that you also remember what attracted them to you and work on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? If, if uh, there are some people... I know, I know one particular sister I'm thinking about as I'm talking to you. She actually fasted for weeks to get into a certain size. Then the day they put the ring on the finger, she was like, now bring the food, let me eat. You, you can't do that. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? You have to try and maintain. There are some, some uh, people, as soon as they get married, then they become Bob Mali. They become, it's like they, they stop taking care of themselves because they feel that all I wanted, I have already gotten. But you see, what you have got, you can lose. Christian sisters, 
Don't think that because the person is a Christian brother, when you marry him and you don't uh, keep yourself, you will keep him. He also has eyes. She also has eyes to see. Am I making sense? So try and maintain whatever caught your eye. If you're a good dresser and that's what they liked about you, don't keep it up. Am I making sense? Right, so that sometimes you... the issue is that he liked that because he wasn't paying for it. Now that they're married and he has to pay for it, let's address issues whilst we are having this conversation. Let's address. Uh, now that he has to pay for it and he can see the financial cost of her looking nice, it, we have had to cancel people on this thing. It's like, where does she have all these shoes? But the different shoes she used to wear it was the one that when you came in church and saw the purple shoes there. Said, "Wow, this girl is sharp, sharp, sharp." The sharp, sharp, sharp that comes at a price. But now your card is also needed to maintain. So, brother, you have to also invest to keep her in the sharp, sharp, sharp. If you are having conversation with her and tell her that we have to pay for the children's this, and you know the children, you don't. Need, you are too old now to want to go and buy new dress. You see, it's the thing is that husbands and wives must realize that everything is an investment. If you want your wife to still look nice, Sunday morning, help her take care of the children hey, so see, that she There can... are some wives here who are like, yeah, preach it. Oh, I'll preach come to them. I'm coming to them. <laughs> the, you know, so, so in the morning, if you want her to go and take lipstick, foundation, eyeliner, you to help and get the children ready. You want her, you, you dress up, Look in the mirror, put your tie on, and it's like, you're making us late. Then you're making us late. You have only five minutes. As the girls, they don't do makeup in five minutes. They need 45 minutes to put layer one, layer two, layer Wake three. up early. If you want it done, help with the children. For, so for, that for balancing purposes, wake up early. Oh. Do <laughs> you get it? Okay. All right. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the next, deal. Next time, don't bring me onto this. Uh, here's the deal. You can, you can, you can look sharp without spending so much oh, money. Yes. That one was what I. Do you understand what I'm saying? saying? So sometimes what you do is that you can go shopping just for one. Do you understand what I'm saying? But is the you see dressing is more like people's imagination how they take this one and take that one and add it, isn't it? And, and, and so when you learn to do that, you still maintain your sharp look. You still maintain your sharp. Do you understand what I'm saying? Without always going to the shop to buy things. That one is a disease. So if you are also a lady and you like shopping, or a brother, do you know what I do? You know always they say ladies have gone to buy shoes to anything like. The brother bought one watch. It was 400 pounds, which is like 40 shoes. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying. Because ladies can buy shoes. I know a sister, she knows the whole West Yorkshire where the sale is on. So she can buy combination. So it's not whether you're a brother or sister, when you are married, your financial understanding must be mutual. You shouldn't say, ask me, I like spending money. Me, I like posh things. Me, I like, we all like posh things. When we have children, the children... <laughs> Cost of raising children comes. <laughs> do, do you understand? So this is not for you to be one extreme or the other, but to appreciate that you are in a different season of your life. Amen. Do you understand? You cannot expect your wife, if, I mean, marriage and children can let you maybe put on wear whatever, you can't say, how can you no longer wear high heels? You to wear, wear the high heels. 
<laughs> Wait, as if you can walk. You need to have a fair balance. Stop looking at teenagers and wanting your wife to become. And stop looking at young boys and expecting your husband to come. The age you are at, there is still the beauty. There is still the handsomeness. Enjoy that season. Yes. Don't try and live like 18. You yourself, the dress you are born, you can't breathe. You have put corset. You have put this. Your sister is coming. Relax. Enjoy it. This is what it is. Do you understand? Your husband will touch the stomach and be like, man. It is voluptuous and nice. Yeah, you have questions. Eh? No, number, yes. no, I'm just going to run through this. Do things together. You want to keep your marriage, you know, fresh. Do things together. You know, spend time. She's in the kitchen cooking. Go cook with her. It, it, it's the best time to have conversation. Am I making sense? Don't, don't be a bushman. Can I talk to the men? Don't, don't be a bushman. You sit, you sit in front of the TV and you are changing channels, changing channels. And she has, both of you have come from work. Now she has to go into the kitchen and cook and you are changing channels. And then after she has to put the children, do homework with the children. And then after that, she has to go and bathe the children and put them to sleep. And you have been sitting in front of a telly doing nothing. And then in the night when she's tired and she's trying to sleep, now you want to touch her that can't. No! Who is that? Who is that? Are you with me? Don't do that. That is a bushman. Do things together. Help with the, with the chores. Help. As she's cooking, you are washing up. As, um, as she's, um, what do you call it? She, she, she's doing the kids. You are preparing their, their lunch for tomorrow. All those things. So that the, the work is halved. The energy is still there. When in the night you want to have sex, it's, there's still energy. Because you have invested in the day. You know, for, for ladies, sex doesn't start in the bedroom. Sex starts in the morning. Can I? Am I okay? Can I go a little deeper? Or Listen, for a, for a lady, sex doesn't start in the bedroom. For a lady, sex starts in the morning. As you get to work and you send a text. Hi, baby, I'm thinking about you. <sighs> and then maybe lunchtime, you, you, you drive to a workplace and you bring her lunch. Oh, wow. You shouldn't have. Oh, thank you. People who are dating rather do it. Married people don't do it. Then the people who are dating, they are doing it till they get married. You, you, you know, all those things, all those things is working your way. So in the night, she's already ready. It's not that the person, has, you haven't minded there all day. She came to home, you didn't even speak to her. You are not minding her. Then in the night, you want to throw your leg. I will throw your leg away, ma. <laughs> And learn how to complement each other. I think that one is so important. I think there are a lot of expressions that my couple stop using. You know, like, I love you, I adore you, I cherish you. You I are looking you. fine, you know? baby. Don't. My it's... black queen, apple of my eye, my chicken thigh. Ooh, baby. You know, I, I love you, my liver, my I... bladder, my spleen, my. 
I, I think that these expressions are not left for those who are dating or those who want to embark on a relationship. When you tell somebody you've been living with for 10 years, I love you, the value is different from when somebody you don't know comes to you and tells you I love you. Me, when I used to be young, I, if you don't know me, when I was young, I was very rude also and not very friendly. You guys are in front of me and say I love you. I say, do you know me? <laughs> But how do you find, come and meet and say, I love you? You don't know. I could be a ghost. I, could, I mean, where did you, how do you say, but you see some of you sister, when they say, I love you, like, mm, don't say that. <laughs> but husbands and wives are the ones who should say it to each other. You, you see, you see, one thing about complimenting somebody means that you are paying attention. She, she's done a new hairstyle. Oh, I like this hairstyle. It means you are watching. Are you with me? He's going to have a haircut and comes home. Ah, today you are looking really nice. It means you are watching. You are paying attention. Oh, I like this, this jeans and with this shirt. It looks very nice on you. It means you are paying attention. I like, you see that your blue shoe you wore the other day with that? I really like it. It means, oh, you remember. Are you getting what I'm saying? It means you still have eyes on me. And it is something that also endears and keeps the marriage alive. I, I, are you getting it? If you, don't, if you don't do that, if you don't do that consciously, before you realize both of you are drifting apart. I'm not making sense. Okay, let me do two more and then we take the questions. Learn to take your spouse on surprise dates and surprise vacations. All right, surprise dates, surprise date night, date night. You know, date night, surprise vacation. You know, go away somewhere, even if for two days or three days. Just go somewhere, book a hotel, take them. It shouldn't be a, a very expensive thing, but do something which is unusual. And then number, let me give you. Give your spouse space occasionally so they can refresh themselves. Sometimes give them a me time. It's all in this book, so you can get it. It's all in this book. A and, me time. And I think that's why Reverend was saying that when you are single, enjoy that season. Don't have a mindset of I'm lonely or I'm alone. Or, do you understand? Be content. Learn how to enjoy. Because otherwise... When you marry, you can suffocate your spouse. It's like without, every minute, you have to know where they are. Every second, they have to call you. If they don't call you, there's trouble. If they don't forget to say, I love you, they're in trouble. If they don't forget, I mean, it's like you, they can't breathe. You become too needy. They can't breathe. Do you understand? You have to give your wife. If you don't trust your wife, it's because you're a very bad boy. You know where girls, you know what you do when girls have gone this way. That, that, that your nervousness is a sign of, of your I history. Mean, do you understand? All and right. vice versa. All right, let's start with the questions. Hello. All right. Um, the first question is an interesting one. It says, I've been set up by two girls before. From that situation, I've been weary about love and girls. I pray, but it's rather difficult. How can I stop that? Okay, so it says that he was set up. He didn't actually tell us who, what happened that they were set up. But, but if you are set up, maybe because you are trying to chase girls and trying to, trying to chase both of them and you got caught, yeah. you know, change your ways, basically. Okay, thank you. 
Thank you. Alright, the next one is, is it okay as a married couple to have a boy or a girl best friend? Let's say you're married, but your best friend is a boy. Listen, I, I was, I, it was one of the points I didn't get to, to talk about. But your best friend must be your spouse. Do you understand what I'm saying? There, there shouldn't be any other friend. That's why I introduced the, the two. The, because you, are, you don't have filio in your home, that is why you have room to have another person fill that gap. Are you with me? Because let's say I have a best friend that is a girl. I used to, my best friend was a girl. I used to have a, my best friend. Yeah. Was. I'm using the word was. She, she knows, she knows. So it's not, it's not any. Yeah, my best friend was a girl. My ride or die. But, but as soon as we got married, there's no room for that to continue. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So that friendship fizzled out. We are still friends, but we are not like before because this is my ride or die so it that naturally died the reason why your ride or die hasn't died is because you haven't developed this filio uh, are you getting what i'm saying that's why your best friend is still a guy or your I, best I, friend I, is still I think a guy that, can we all acknowledge our humanity you see because sometimes that level of deception that this is just my friend. This is just, yeah, your mother didn't bond them. Your father didn't bond them. <laughs> Should anything go wrong? I mean, don't do that. Oh, we never, we're just, we please, never experienced our it. humanity <laughs> exists. So don't try and put yourself on a high, my mighty, or that as for you, you are so spiritual that if your best friend is a, is a, somebody of the opposite sex, never will you. Actually, it's your moment of weakness that you will see how far you will fall. Because you trust that person so much confide in that person so much, depend on that person so much that even a lot of the time where people have fallen is from people that they have so much trust in. Yeah. So it is not wisdom at all to maintain a certain level of friendship with somebody in particular of the opposite sex. Yeah, you are setting yourself up for trouble in the day of adversity. Because when something is going wrong, you are looking for the person you can actually communicate with to talk to. Do you get it? And if that person is somebody of the opposite sex, as they do, oh, oh, is that how your wife treated you? I'm sorry. Delilah's lap. It's for many things. Please, go. I think, hello. Yeah, I think this question was answered. I think I'm only coming to the subs. This question was answered um, already. That says, how important is physical attraction when it comes to choosing a significant other? Yeah. So it's relevant, but it's not the most important. Yeah. The next one is, as a woman, why do I only attract lustful men and not men of God? Kabosh. Indarabosh. Uh, 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 let me answer the question. So she's saying that why do I attract only lustful? Because you present yourself lustfully. Are you with me? The way you present yourself is how you are seen. Are you with me? If you are a sister in this church and we are passing by a construction site and the construction workers are whistling shoo, 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 and calling you, it means there is something wrong with your dressing. There is something wrong with your, your demeanor. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? You see, being sexy is not about revealing everything. You have to learn how to leave things to the imagination. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Leave something to the imagination. It's not like everything is all everywhere and you are coming. I think that sometimes also based on our upbringing or things that we've been through, we have a sense of victory in our flirtation. So we become flirtatious as a sign that I can get this person. I can get this person. So in, with time, you develop that sense of always trying to get the attention of people. And then it becomes a part of you that you don't even realize now that you just know what I to do and then what to. You see, sometimes it's even out of that level of innocence. A lot of men, when women are so innocent, they feel that they are soft, but they are playing you. Listen, when you are strikingly beautiful, you are a striker which means that you have been struck by many people. So, brothers, let me tell you something. A woman who is strikingly, strikingly, is that person, it's like, have you seen a mango that is very, a mango tree with mangoes that are very, very nice? They look a lot, there's a lot of scars on it because people have thrown so many stones to try and get. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so when you say a person strikingly beat you, say strike, strike, strike. Don't make yourself striking. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? You always want to show everything. I think it also de- depends on how you define what is beautiful. You see, as you even grow spiritually, my prayer is that you can look beautiful without looking sensual. sensual. That's the word. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? So you begin to develop yourself where... People will be hesitant before they even, they'll check themselves out before they come and say hello to you. Do you, do you understand? So you, if you have that sense of that flirty nature, work on it. The same with brothers. You always want to see if it will work. You test it and see if your voice will work or your action will work. You know, if it doesn't, then you have to go and rehearse and practice more. It, it, next question. This question says, do I need to be established before I get married or can I be established? Yeah, second one. Uh, so, I think I've, we've told you our story for a long time. Yeah. We, we were not to we have anything. I don't know why Reverend said, we were totally broke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, he said nothing. Totally ground zero plus one. I think that when you say establish, that's how Satan gets in there. So whilst you're trying to establish yourself, you're having sex with all kinds of people. Whilst you're trying to establish... In fact, there are even parents who won't let their children marry. Then when the child is pregnant, it's like we are doing engagement together with the wedding on the same day, in the afternoon. Do you get it? No. Because marriage is also... That journey of getting things, building yourself up. Because when you go and establish yourself, how do you know whether the girl or the brother coming is coming because of your establishment or they actually like you? It is more confident. You are more confident in the one marrying you and knows that you don't have anything. You look at the person and know that this I must be love. There ain't no money. There ain't no. There ain't no. There ain't no. That's love. That's love. <laughs> yeah. So don't wait till you have everything. We are saving towards the wedding. Save towards the house you want to buy. Save towards. You are saving towards the wedding. Yes, Pastor Sam. Listen, just if, you are, if you are in this church and you are saved, you spend more than some a certain amount for wedding then you really you haven't yeah. read this book but sam can you just ask the question why are you discussing the question just ask they are afraid to ask the question can you do something with the yeah, microphone yeah, the, the microphone, microphone was very right. nice before you touched it now we can't hear anything yeah it says what must a wife do if after having sex 
though the husband is not there, he says, what do you want me to do? Because it doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. What must a wife do if after having sex, though not there, the husband says, what do you want me to do? Okay. Okay, I understand. I understand. Okay. You see, ah. so, 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 there is something called communication. In marriage, uh, most, because our body chemistries are different and um, the way we do things are different, we have to learn ourselves. You must learn yourself. You must know what pleasures you, what makes you get there quicker. And educate him. Are you with me? The Bible says that the married bed is undefiled. So you should be able to communicate in that space. Don't, don't allow Satan to deceive you to thinking that everything to do with sex is evil. It is not. If you want your marriage to go 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, it is important that you learn how to pleasure each other. Am I making sense? So it is something that you must discuss. You must talk through. You must find out what can I do? Because there are some people, it's, it has nothing to do with even physical touching. It is even how you talk to them. But how would you know if you don't I think that one of the things, especially when it comes to sex and marriage, is that sometimes people don't want to expose their vulnerability and don't have that level of trust enough to even have that conversation. Do you understand? So even that sense of discussing what I like, what I don't like, becomes too overwhelming because it makes them feel more vulnerable. And that is why you must develop intimacy in your relationship. So that that becomes easier to discuss and talk about. Especially for a lot of us and maybe the background we come from and the culture we come from. These are conversations that are taboos or not really discussed. Do you understand? It's like what goes on in the bedroom stays in the bedroom. It's not Las Vegas. Listen, listen. If your marriage is going to last long, you must have good counsel. And in this church, when you are doing counseling, we teach you all that will start the conversation and allow you to go and have the conversation about sex. It is part of marital counseling. If you didn't get it and you are married, please come to us. Arrange for a meeting. We will go through it and talk. It is very important. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one says, is having a friend with benefits wrong? It is totally wrong. Oh, let's finish that question. Let's that's, that's the whole question. Is that what? That's the whole question. It's oh, no, I think that we have to do baptism right now. Where's the oil? <laughs> I don't know why you people are laughing. It's not funny. Somebody needs deliverance. Somebody absolutely needs deliverance. Do you know who you actually are going to no, bring the oil? No, the Lord is going to just show, show their... Broadcast their face on the screen. Yeah, God, the Lord is going Listen. to... Listen, sex before marriage is sex wrong. before marriage is what we are talking about. That is what will make you your marriage very, very unfulfilling. And um, what's the word? You you go into marriage tired. You go into marriage bored because now you are used to having a lot of girls with um, different uh, girls. Uh, what is, different booty calls? If I can say that. Okay. I think that... No, no, I'm, let me, let me learn, let me learn, let me learn. 
you, you are used to having about four or five different girls that you can have sex with, with from a phone call. Are you with me? Or a text message, a rendezvous, and then you are going to have sex. When you marry one person and you just this one person, you get bored. Before you realize you are calling others. Because that friends with benefit is what leads to infidelity in marriage. It's what leads to a lot of promiscuity and all that. Adultery and everything. So that one, stop it. I think that, you know, the reality is that sex before marriage devalues all of you. You see, there was a generation where they said, oh, the woman is being devalued. But the man is also being devalued. All, both of you are being devalued. So your value goes down. To the person that is friends with benefits, they see you just as they will see a prostitute. The only difference is that the prostitute gets 30 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, depending. You, I don't even know if you get McDonald's or you get Chinese. Or have you, you not realized? Have you not realized that it doesn't matter how, how old the man is and how young the woman is. When they sleep together, the woman doesn't respect the man anymore. Assuming the man is 60 years old and the girl is 50, uh, 20 years old. As soon as they have sex, Oh, she calls him boy, babe. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because the value goes down. So when you have sex with somebody, the value just drops. So hold your dignity. Tell your friend, hold your dignity. Quickly, quickly. Right. Let's, let's what do must you do? <laughs> what must you do after having sex? Your husband stops talking to you. Or he begins to start quarreling with you until he wants to have sex again. So, we, so, we the oil so this is this is what I'm. This is the archetypal bushman I'm talking about. This is the bushman I am referring to. <laughs> Are you with me? It's like your conversation is only for sex. So, so it means that your marriage is transactional. It's just because of. Because of food and sex. No, you must repent. If you are here, shame on you. And you have I'm to very serious. Let, no, no, let, me, let me face him. Let me face whoever it is before I continue. Don't, don't. That's right. Is this That's from right. online? Stop, stop, stop. It's online. online. We don't know who it no. is. Whoever it is, let me face them. That's right. Listen, women are not objects. Mm. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? That you are using... And then it's like, once I have used you, I don't have any need for you. I don't need to talk to you. That's a bushman. God forgive you. If somebody did that to your daughter, you won't like it. Why are you doing that to somebody else's daughter? See, when you talk, when you have sex with somebody, you release the oxytocins, isn't it? And, and, and the, the pheromones and oxytocin and it's like that's the best time it's the best greatest bonding you have with with anybody that's the best time to really bond and you know talk deep into your lives and I, also I, make requests yes will you buy me the uh, after which he just stops talking so if you if if you are arguing. if you are talking or arguing, then you really don't understand what the sex is all about. You need counseling. Bring bring him to me quickly. Let me knock some sense into his head. All right. So do you become friends before you date, or do you become friends while dating? 
So, so you see, Erostina must never ever be the first to go. Filio must go first. Because you need to marry your friends. So you need, don't tell me you are, you are attracted to somebody you don't know. You, it's not your friend, but you want to. It means it's sex you are thinking about. Because if you don't know the person, how do you know you, you will like the person? Or you don't understand what I'm saying. And, and, and brothers and sisters, learn to marry your friends. Don't marry some strange something. Uh, me and my partner have already had sex. And we find ourselves constantly stumbling in this. Is it possible for us to now live a godly relationship? And if so, how? Go for counseling. It, go for it, counseling. Is, it is possible. It is very possible. Go for counseling. What do I do if my parents disapprove of my significance? Okay, so there, there are ways around it. What you need to do is ask for counseling. If you came to me and you gave, you gave me the scenario, then we'll be able to find ways around it. I, I think that the world we live in, sometimes we just disregard what our parents think or we think they are old or whatever. But sometimes there may be wisdom, sometimes there may be ignorance. But either way, don't just disregard it. Get guidance and help. And don't do, I don't care. You understand? Trust me, you walk the journey you haven't walked. You know, and they know things that you don't. And they might be also ignorant of certain things, but don't, that goes once you're feeling out because he's telling you making decisions, you know, it's like you don't care. Because after you have my view, you care. Okay. Go on. Um, I am dating my partner, but we're always arguing. Did we get answers? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody asked this question, I think, on Friday. Why don't you, if you meet somebody and think you're going to be interested in the person? Gabby, if you I don't think know. That is the best. <laughs> I think that is the best time to, to start getting counseling. Because even when you go into a relationship, even if you've been in a relationship before, when you're about to embark on another relationship, it is wisdom to get counseling before you go into it. Because it will expose the state you are in. It will let you know the kind of person you're about to go into a relationship with. But sometimes it is really difficult. If you start a relationship and you begin to have road bumps and it's very chaotic, if you come, wisdom has taught us, some of us as pastors, that we can't just go and say break up because you walk out of the church, curse us and all kinds of things. Because even though that is the obvious, it is always better to get something at the onset before you step in it. Just to even have general discussion. Before you jump. If you come and say, Reverend, what do you think about this brother or this sister? We can pull your hand back and say, put your hands back in your pocket. You you will see that a lot of the arguments are the red flags in this chapter. And when you see it, common sense must tell you that. Even though I like this person, me and this person, we are not good for each other. It's not every relationship that has to proceed to marriage. So advise yourself early and leave. Right. Um, is it okay for my spouse to know the password? Your spouse. Yeah, my spouse. Where is the oil? Ah, what do you mean by spouse? Wife. Wife, Wife or husband. Oh, yeah, why not? Why, why don't you want your spouse ah. to know your password? Why? Okay, okay, let me use myself as an example. I know all her passwords. She knows all my passwords. Even my children know my passwords. They take, take my phone off me. Then they look at you. 
sometimes I get a new gadget that I have just set up. And they take the new gadget and they know repetate. There are even some of you in this church. After you know my pastor, isn't it? All of them, yeah. They take my phone, my desk. Why don't you want your spouse to know what your pastor is? What, 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 why? What are you hiding? What, what is it? Why are you running? Why are you running? Molife. Stop running. Those of you who take phone calls away from the house and from the room. Please stop it. You do like this. Hello, 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 hello. hello. Stop it. Stop it. What is up? What is up? Network, network problem. Listen, listen. Spouse, spouse. If you allow darkness into any area, it festers rats, roaches, and everything. Make sure there is no dark place. There shouldn't be any relationship you have to anybody that your spouse doesn't know about. Whatever it is, there shouldn't be anything. And should I tell you something? You also know the relationship that you've kept away from them and why you have kept it away from them. What is that? All right. How do I overcome? Last one, no? Three more. Three more. How, yeah. How do I overcome abuse and trauma so I can heal and be ready for when I do something like that? Oh, I think you come for counseling. Yeah. And I think this affects a lot of people. Because some of us is sexual abuse. Please, please, when you've been abused, don't, it's not your fault. Go for counseling. Because it it really has a bad repercussion in your marriage. You were raped. Something happened. Somebody did that. Did something to you. Get help. Heal yourself before you go and put a burden on somebody's child. Okay, please. I beg you. This one is very interesting. When do you pull the trigger and tell this friend you have feelings for them? Why is it a trigger? Please. Who wrote this question? Okay, okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me answer it. I want to know. If, if, please, obviously you haven't read this book. Whoever asked that question hasn't read this book. I can guarantee you they haven't read this book. And um, and if you are a lady, please don't go hunting for a man. Don't go pulling trigger. You are not a hunter. Please, 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 Even at the Beijing, please, please, at the Beijing my friend. At the Beijing conference, please. They told us that. You know, in this uh, generation that we have come, this he, she, they say this, yeah, the new dispensation is not the same one that says that the man is the head of the house. And uh, if, he, if he it was you, I would have given you a knock. He will find a wife. And, that is why we are in church and we are having this conversation. Listen, listen, listen. And we are listen. not in the world. Listen. Don't, don't ever do that. You see, you can make yourself findable. And we explain it in this book. Make yourself findable so that you can be found by the right person. Like um, Esther was found by Mordecai when she put herself in the right... By Boaz, sorry. By Boaz. Ruth Ruth was found by Boaz because she made herself findable. Are you with me? And... And... and, Oh, please, let me preach. And if you are a man, 
don't revel in the fact that a woman is hunting you down. Are you with me? Don't. It's not a nice thing. You see, Back in the day, we used to have a song. And the song says that I never told you that I love you. What do I do? If I want to get through to you, no matter how I try, you always keep. I never told you that I love you. Remember, I'm the one you dance with. I just dance with you. I never told you I love you. But you ended up in my bed. I, 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 I really think that the church must always make sure that whether it's relationship, whether it's our work life, parenting, whatever, we put the word of God first. You see, otherwise some of these conversations become contentious. What does Reverend mean by you shouldn't be handed? We have to put the foundations as a there is a reason why the word of God is the way it is. God knew that if we don't follow a certain pattern, there'll be chaos in our world. In fact, one of the reasons why relationships are so chaotic is because there's no order. Scripture brings order. And the reason why there's a certain order in the home, it doesn't mean the woman is less than the man or whatever, but you can never have anything that has two heads. That's a beast. And that is why we take so much time and we have these conversations. So that before you go and get married, you marry somebody you can respect. You can marry somebody that you trust their wisdom and the direction that they take you. You also marry somebody who is not so pompous and so intimidated that they can't take good counsel from their wife. But there has to be order. There has to be. Don't be a wife, a girl and it's like, well, because of the way it is now, I can also go and uh, put a ring on a man's finger. Men are, men's love go from zero to hundred. Women go from zero to five to ten. If you go and put a ring on his finger, he's, all, he's already at hundred coming down. You are rising. By the time you're ten years he's married, he's almost at zero. And you to reach ninety. And you don't understand why he doesn't love you. It's because by the time you could say Jack Robinson, you have come to marry him. I, I, I think one of the things that we should stop doing as young girls is being impatient. Most of us, we are so impatient. We want to be Mrs. You know, you are only 23. You're like, half to my, half to my, half to my, half to my. So, listen, it's better to, 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 to take a longer time to marry the right person than to go into marriage quickly and come out. Or go into a very wrong marriage. So take your time. I don't think that there's nothing like you know, sometimes like the idea of relationship. Sometimes the reason why you see, I'm saying that because the, the person is saying that ah, 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 when should I put the trigger? I want to put the trigger. I want to be patience, my darling. Patience. Right. These are very very quick. Interesting questions. Number one, why do I attract men with girlfriends? Number one. Number two, how do I stop looking at girls sexually but begin to see them as friends? Number three, the last one is, how long should I date somebody before? So number one, why do I attract men? Why do I attract? Because you make yourself, you are not secure in yourself. Because you have a certain inferiority. So you present yourself to people who are already in a relationship, who see you as vulnerable. Men are hunters. When they see a, a vulnerable animal, they can smell you. 
they can smell your fat that you are vulnerable. So they, they can lie to you easily. Don't make, make yourself a little bit more substituted. Stop dealing with any man. Learn to love you. Learn to honor you and become in love with you. Then you attract the right person. Number two, I don't stop, looking at girls. stop watching pornography. <laughs> because as you, you watch pornography, you see all women and all girls as objects. So you are looking at bums, you are looking at breasts, you are looking at... That's what you see. So everybody you see is, is that. So stop. The last one is, how long did I some how long is a piece of string? It depends. But I would say get counsel before you even think about anything.